Hello, church family. Uh, this is the part four of Esther chapter six, uh, which is really the last part for us when we when we finish this chapter off uh, today. If you recall, the last few days we talked about the dangers of pride and how we can identify pride in our own life. Uh, we talked about how pride is self-delusional. It makes you think more than you really are. Um, it's a uh, way of elevating yourself. Uh, then we talk about how pride forces self-praise, that you would do all that you can to speak about yourself. You do all they can to compliment yourself, to make yourself seem better than you are. Um, you care more about the praises of yourself than you do praising the Lord. Yesterday we talked about how pride uh, manifests itself in terms of self-pity and self-loathing, and how when you uh, think too lowly of yourself. The reality is not that you're thinking lowly, but you actually have a high view of yourself that no one, uh, is just a, a, a twisted form of having a high view of self. Uh, we talk about how low self-esteem is not really low self-esteem, but it's just that no one can be able to, uh, you know, speak kind words to you or fix your problem because you think so quote unquote lowly of yourself. Um, we said that's sin as well. It's just the inverted form of pride. Uh, and we talk about how all of these areas are what keeps a person from being effective in the kingdom of God. But if you continue holding on to sin, like any sin, eventually the Lord will humble you. The Lord will humble you. And when those time, when that time comes, when the Lord humbles you because of your sin, it's going to be far greater than what you expect. So today we're going to end with that. We're going to end with this self-destruction. We, we see that at the end of chapter 6. Uh, as you recall, Haman was recounting the story what happened between him and Mordecai to his wife and his friends. And his wife told him, uh, his wife and, the, uh, and his friends, it's interesting that they called at the end, and his wise men, uh, so before they were just like his friends and his wife, but then for some, at this very moment when there's a warning, they're known as wise. And he, they said, the, this wise men and, and Zeresh, his wife, said to him, if Mordecai would, before whom you have begun to fall is of Jewish origin, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. While they were still talking with him, I'm imagining they're probably debating and trying to figure out what's going on. Perhaps Haman was just so prideful that he was like, no, no, I can't overcome Mordecai, or let's figure out some other thing. But even his friends, and why warn him that it's not going to happen. So as they're speaking, the king's eunuch arrived and hastily brought Haman to the banquet, which Esther had prepared. It's funny as is it arrived and hastily brought him. It wasn't there wasn't any delay. Uh it just uh a day before he was so excited to be able to go and be part of this banquet. Now he uh is not sure what's happening uh with Mordecai and now he's hastily brought into this banquet. We see that this is actually his fate is sealed. Uh anything everything that's gonna happen to him going forward he has zero control of. Um uh, you already know what's going to happen to him. He is going to die. Uh, pride comes before the fall, and we see it at this moment. And Haman was suddenly, uh, subtly warned that, uh, that this was going to happen to him, but it was too late for him to repent. In some cases, this is set up, this is set up so that this person will be humble, and he may not even know it. And this is what pride does. It elevates to someone to their own spiritual blindness, and, then, and it makes them uh, fail to see that their life is headed toward the cliff. Um, and we have to understand that as Christians, this is not the way 
of, uh, of, of Christianity. The way that we live out our life is not supposed to be filled with pride. 1 Corinthians 13, this is uh, 13 verse 4, yeah, 13 verse 4 tells us that uh, boasting, or uh, when we're referring to pride, uh, referring to love, that one of the aspects of love, it's it's not bra- it doesn't brag and it's not arrogant. Uh, James chapter four, verse sixteen. I think I've read this uh, a few times during the course of our study in this chapter. Uh, that uh, therefore, sorry, well, verse sixteen. Uh, but it's written, it is, but uh, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is sin. Uh, then one last verse, First John, chapter two, verse sixteen. For all, well, I guess we could, yeah. For, uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. So there's, there's this contrast between the, what the Christian should be. The Christians are, are not supposed to be people that are proud, because if we hold on to the pride, if we hold on to our own sin, the inevitable destination is is, is doom for us. Uh, if you hold on to your pride, uh, God will... Um, I mean, it's, it's, it, we have to treat pride like any other sin. I think oftentimes we talk about things like, okay, you've, uh, how's your purity? I wonder how many times have you ever asked how are you how are you dealing with your pride this week? Or um, again, we live in a culture that that prides itself in all of these different things. Like they want you to have good self-esteem, but oftentimes this is a, this is just a subtle way of actually masking sin. Um, Proverbs sixteen verse eighteen: Pride goes before the fall, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs twenty nine verse twenty three. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Even Isaiah chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 11. The proud look of man will be abased, and the loftiness of man will be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. See, there is no good end for the person who is proud. Uh, you will be humble. Pride is the sure path of destruction and uh you know there's different ways in which pride affects us pride it's like any other sin it blinds us from learning the truth um and you know we see at the end where uh, they told haman that there's nothing that he can do and i would imagine there could have been if he like there was probably maybe slight chance for him to change his mind and maybe call uh, off the edict. But remember, this is a culture where there is no way to, to turn things around. So he he's that's why they're saying like there's nothing that you can do. Uh, you you he can be, he can't even create another rule to try to overthrow the last rule. Um, but his sin blinded him from learning uh, truth. Proverbs 19 verse 27. It says, "Cease listening." My son, to discipline, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. And even Second Timothy warns us of the dangers of sin and how it how it affects our lives. Second Timothy three sixteen it reads: All scriptures inspired and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 
Now you can't, you won't accept that. You won't accept the scriptures actually inspired by God and for correcting if you are living in your sin. That's what pride does. It blinds you from seeing the truth. Uh, and inevitably, when again, if you hold on to this sin, like just like any other sin, it will wreck your life. Uh, sin even blinds you from salvation. You understand Second Timothy 4, verses 3 to 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. So there's, a, there's something about sin that makes you not want to hear truth. Rather, it, it, hear, it makes you uh, want to hear what you want to hear. It, it, it strokes your ego. It just keeps building up your own ego and your pride. Um, and, it, and again, the, the thing about pride is that once you feed it, initially it doesn't have its initial impact right away. It makes you feel good, and there's no, it, does, it seems like there's no negative impact. But over time, it will uh, it will harm you. It just it'll just be the time where you least expect it. Um, and that's usually how sin works. Sin usually uh, takes root in your heart. It gives you a sense of pleasure. And then over time, if you keep feeding it, it keep growing, it will destroy your life. Sin blinds you from learning, blinds you from salvation, it blinds you from correction or repentance. Proverbs 12, verse 1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Uh, a prideful person hates discipline. A prideful person hates being corrected. A prideful person always assumes that everything that they do is right. Uh, Proverbs 13, verse 1, A wise son accepts his father, father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And you have to ask yourself, are you one of these people, like these people that are so proud that they cannot accept any form of correction? Uh, and really, the person that isn't willing to accept correction is really someone that doesn't want to repent from anything. Uh, they see that their life is perfect and there's no need to change or to or to grow or, to, or let go of um, any sin that could cause them to, to hinder their walk with Christ. Uh, that's what a prideful person does. A prideful person doesn't like to hear correction. That's why when you go to church, if you ever hear someone say, like, if you, if, a message ever, if you ever hear a message when you're at church, uh, the first thought in your mind when you hear something convicting should not be, oh, I know someone that needs to hear this sermon. It should always be, how can I apply this sermon in my own life? Don't worry about what other people need. You need to focus on your own heart first. Uh, a prideful person will always assume that someone else needs correction and not themselves. And lastly, uh, sin blind, pride blinds someone from the glory of God. Second Corinthians 4, chapter 3, uh, verse 3 and 4 says, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4, oh, verse 3 and 4, uh, And even where gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And that's what uh, sin does. It blinds you from the glory of Christ, the beauty of our Savior, and it makes you love the things, basically it just makes you love yourself. It makes you desire yourself more than uh, the thing that you're, what you're made for, which is desiring the Lord. Humility and confession to the greatness of God uh, goes hand in hand. 
You can't come to saving faith with pride, and at the same time, you cannot expect to continue to grow in Christ-likeness if you are proud. Uh, if you want to be used by God mightily, you must be humble, for the Lord will humble you. The Lord will not uh, share his glory with another. Um, how the Lord brings you down will be far worse than you can admit, than you can ever imagine. I think even in the scripture we see that in illustrate, not just in here in Esther chapter uh, or the book of Esther, but you see in Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter four, right? Nebuchadnezzar was a king that actually had multiple revelations telling him that the God of Israel is the one true God. And in Daniel chapter four, he has this moment of pride. He looks out and sees his kingdom. He said, "Oh, look what I have accomplished with my own hands." And you remember what the Lord did to him. He struck him down. He made him into an animal for several years. And it's funny because if you look at um, history, that's an actual event that happened where they said that Nebuchadnezzar went, like, from a secular point of view, like schizophrenic, or he became uh, some sort of medical, like a mental breakdown. But we know from Scripture that was an act of the Lord. And he was humbled. And after years, it said that his reason returned to him. He realizes that the, that God is the one true God. Uh, that's a positive example, but it's but the, the path for him to get there was was a very very humbling experience. Another example is if you is uh, King Uzziah in Second Chronicles uh, chapter twenty six. Um, this king was uh, was used by God mightily for a while too, and in his own pride, uh, he went into the temple where he wasn't supposed to go. That was a place where the, only the priests can go. Uh, he wanted to um, offer some sacrifices. Um, and the priest said, this is not the, the right thing to do. This is this is only for the priest. And the king, in his own pride, uh, just did it anyways. And immediately leprosy was was uh, all over his head. And it said that he had to live out the rest of his life isolated and alone outside the city. And, you know, again, he had to do that. He had to live like that for the rest of his life. You see the two different between Nebuchadnezzar and King Uzziah is that for Nebuchadnezzar, he was humbled by the Lord. Uh, the effect after a while it, it wore off and he went back to normal. But there's sometimes when you get humbled by the Lord, it's just going to affect you the, the rest of your life. So the lesson is not to be like Nebuchadnezzar or King Uzziah, rather ha- live a humble life now so that you can avoid being humbled by the Lord later. Um, I'll close with this in this chapter. Uh, uh, I'll close with this in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 tells us. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 tells us, For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So I don't think the issue here, and I think the, what the Bible speaks, is not that you cannot think about yourself. Uh, you're going to have to have moments of self-reflection. You're going to have moments where you're going to look at your life to see uh, where you can work on, that's fine. The, the issue is is that uh, you need to think not less of self, but think of yourself less. You need to not think less of yourself, but think of yourself less. You know, uh, God has there is an inherent value in being a, chill, a child of God. Uh, you are saved. You're you're redeemed. You're bought with the blood of Christ. Um, your identity, your worth, your value, all of these things is because of what Christ has done to you done for us. I mean, we're made in the image of God, which will have dominion over the earth. Um, these are good things. Even even says in, in Scripture that we'll have one day dominions over angels. So these are uh, areas in which 
there is some value, but our value is always derived from the Lord. It has nothing to do with us in and of itself, but is always given to us by the Lord. And this is where we need to have a, a accurate view of ourselves, a sound uh, judgment of who we are. We need to know our place, that we are the creature and we submit to the we submit to the Lord. So when people are proud, they, they step out of bounds thinking that they are more than what they really are. So you need to think less of yourself. And you know, the one, uh, one thing you could do is just think more of others. Think of ways to serve other people. Think of ways that um, you can devote your life to um, loving other people more. And think more of God. Think more of theology. Think more of the truths that are in Scripture so you can focus on Him and do all things for His glory. So that's how uh, we can identify uh, sin in our life. If we uh, think it, it, how we identify particularly pride, pride leads to self-delusion, leads to self-praise, leads to self-pity, um, and it leads to self-destruction. Um, we see, we'll see more of the self-destruction, the path of how Haman is basically to, to the gallows uh, next week. Um, okay, thank you for listening. Hope you guys are all doing well. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. Um, and yeah, uh, hope this is again helpful. Have a good, have a blessed weekend.